0: we welcome you to the Tabernacle podcast brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Let's take our Bibles this morning, and if you would go with me to Uh, The Gospel According to Matthew. We'll go to the 13th chapter, The Gospel According to Matthew. And uh, if you have not been with us in recent days, uh, we're certainly glad you're here. And we pray that God will use his word in your life today, as in all of ours. And we have, uh, in 2023, uh, been looking at this theme, follow and the simplicity of the Christian life. Sometimes we complicate it, and we live in a complicated and confused world. But the Lord Jesus has called us simply to follow him. And so we have been walking with Christ and the disciples together, and uh, through the gospel according to Matthew. We haven't visited every passage, every chapter, but we are uh, examining those The times when the disciples are with Christ, learning from Christ, and we're learning alongside them. Uh, From the time he issued the call, follow me in Matthew 4, and uh, now we come to Matthew chapter number 13. In Matthew chapter number 13, there are seven parables given, and these are called the kingdom parables. And in these kingdom parables, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is revealing a mystery something that had not been prior, before that, previously revealed. And uh, God is showing what he plans to do in his own redemptive work. Now, remember, Israel was looking for a Messiah who would be a political deliverer, but Jesus had come to be a soul deliverer, to deliver them from their sin. And uh, one day he's coming again, and he will rule and reign on this earth, for a thousand years, and then after that period, uh, we will see the the earth melt away, in a new heaven and a new earth, and we shall ever be with the Lord throughout all eternity. We look forward to that time, don't we? And uh, that time of political deliverance, as well as uh, salvation, all that He has for us, His kingdom. Uh, this is what He's revealing to us in Matthew thirteen. So I want us to begin reading in verse number one. And we'll read through verse number 17. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth some fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. And the disciples came unto him and said, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. "'Therefore speak I to them in parables, "'because they seeing, see not, "'and hearing, they hear not, "'neither do they understand. "'And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, "'which saith, by hearing ye shall hear, "'and shall not understand, "'and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. "'For this people's heart is waxed gross, "'and their ears are dull of hearing. "'For their eyes they have closed, "'lest at any time they should see with their eyes "'and hear with their ears.' and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. He says in Verse 16, blessed are your eyes. He's speaking to his disciples. They see, and your ears, because they hear. He said in verse 17, he said, Many prophets and righteous men have desired to see the things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear. And have not heard them. He was letting them know how privileged they were to see what they were seeing, to hear what they were hearing. They were wondering why he was speaking to the people in parables, why it was difficult for them to understand. And he answered them in verse number 11 because it is given unto you. I want to speak to you on that subject this morning. It is given unto you. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray that you would, by your spirit today, help us to receive it, help us to understand it, speak to us through it, move us to take steps of obedience today. We thank you, Lord, for what you have given to us the revelation of the Son of God. And we pray that you will help us now to be faithful to you. Speak to us through thy spirit, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. He said to the disciples, it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. That seems strange, doesn't it? Now, in this 13th chapter, there are seven kingdom parables. There is the parable of the sower, which we began reading. Then there is the parable of the wheat and the tares. There's the parable of the grain of mustard seed, the parable of the hidden leaven, the parable of the treasure hidden in the field, the parable of the pearl of great price, and the parable of the net cast into the sea. These parables are parables given to reveal the mysteries of the kingdom of God now a parable is simply an earthly story with a heavenly meaning and so these people can relate to uh, the picture of a farmer out in the field sowing the seed and how that some seed falls into good ground how that some fall some fell uh, on the on the wayside that was the worn path that the farmer might travel uh, through the furrows Uh, that had been plowed in the field and and, uh, those worn paths become hard and the the seed had no uh, place to penetrate the soil there. Uh, Then there was the stony ground. It was shallow ground and uh, the seed might uh, begin to germinate in that stony ground but uh, when it would come up quickly uh, because there was no depth in it, uh, then the sun would dry it up. There was the thorny ground and the seed might come forth out of the thorny ground, but eventually the thorns would choke the seed and uh, the plant would become unfruitful. And then there was the good ground that would bear fruit. As Jesus said, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. The soils, those, those grounds that he was speaking of, represented the hearts of men. He wanted them to know that as they We're going about the work of the Lord. Remember in Matthew 9, he said to the disciples, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. So here they are in the field. In Matthew 10, he sent them. In Matthew 9, he commanded that they pray uh, that God would send laborers. In Matthew 10, he sent them. And so they're working in the fields. As they're working in the fields, we know that he warned them that some would believe and some would not. And so he's preparing them for the reality that not everyone who hears the message of the gospel will receive it. He's also telling them that while they are sowing the seed, Satan is at work. Those seeds that fell on the wayside, uh, Satan swept down and, and, and carried away those seeds. Then he gives them the parable of the wheat and the tares. And while the farmer's out in the field sowing the wheat, he has an enemy who comes in and sows tares among the wheat. Tares look like wheat, but they're not wheat. And through this, he's teaching that Satan is at work in the church to deceive, to bring in those who look the part, talk the part, but don't know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. And they're there because Satan has planted them there to thwart the work of God in the church. It talks about the grain of the mustard seed and the hidden leaven and the treasure hidden in the field and the pearl of great price and the net cast into the sea. All of these parables speak of God's plan for his kingdom, which includes Israel, which includes the church, and which is constantly under the attack of the devil. So he's using parables to illustrate this truth. And the disciples are bewildered a bit, and they're wondering, why is he using parables? Because we seem to be the only ones who are getting it. And Jesus clarifies and says to them, unto you it is given, it is given unto you to know the mysteries of God. But to them it is not given. Now, as we think about that thought, I want you to write some things down. First of all, I want you to see the request made by the disciples. The request made by the disciples. Remember now, the the disciples have forsaken all to follow Jesus. He is the King. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. They believe and aren't sure that he's the Christ. They're following him. And as they're following him, they're hearing him teach, they're they're seeing the miracles that he uh, is performing, and they are more convinced day by day that he is the Son of God. And so their business is to help other people realize who he is. And he stands in front of this multitude, and he speaks to them about a farmer in the field sowing seed And they're a little bit confused by that and a little bit bewildered by that. And so in verse number 10, they said to him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? Perhaps they were reasoning within themselves that this was hard for people to understand. I mean, why don't you be clear? Why don't you speak plainly to this multitude? If you want them to follow you, Then tell them. Well, the problem is that he had been telling them. He had gone throughout all the cities and villages of Galilee. He had worked miracles. He had taught them with authority. He had plainly declared who he was, the Messiah, the Son of God. There were those, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, they were opposing him. They were uh, sweeping down, trying to steal the seed. And then there were those who were interested and and they believed on Christ and then there were those who just simply wanted a miracle done on their behalf but they never really believed on him. And there were others who just simply had no interest whatsoever. And perhaps the disciples are bewildered. Now that he has this audience, he's speaking to them in parables. But the truth is he had taught them clearly. Clearly. He had taught them plainly. He had worked miracles in their sight. He'd raised the dead. He'd cast out devils. He said to the lame man, rise up and walk. And he did. They listened to his teaching and they said, never man spake like this man. He taught them as one who had authority. They were amazed by his teaching. But yet in spite of his teaching and in spite of his miracles, there were many who willfully chose not to believe him. It didn't matter what he did, they always wanted something else. He fed the 5,000, so what did they do? Did they believe on him as Savior? No, they followed him around wanting more fish sandwiches. And then in John 6, when he told them, he said, he said, look, what I have for you doesn't profit your flesh, it profits your spirit and your soul. And they said, we're not interested. We don't want that. And the disciples are watching this happen. And they're wondering, why is it that he just speaks to them in these parables? Doesn't he understand that if he wants people to follow him, he needs to do something for them? And here it is that we really begin to see the essence of the kingdom. Jesus is not simply looking for a political following. He has come to save those who will believe on him. You see, belief really is a moral choice. It's not just simply mental. It's a moral choice. God had revealed himself clearly to them, yet they did not believe. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 12, we have this warning in the Scripture. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. You see, it's not just simply a matter of being convinced. What could he have done to convince them more than what he did? Nothing. The fact is that though he had convinced them of who he was, they willfully chose not to believe on him. And for that reason, he's using parables. You see, the disciples missed the point altogether. They missed the way in which God reveals himself to man. It's not by convincing arguments, although there are many in the Scripture the Bible calls them many infallible proofs. In fact, when we think of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there are many proofs of his resurrection. In fact, there are many proofs to, to all of the arguments that are given to us in the Word of God. But despite those proofs, we still find that we live in a world that is dissatisfied and unhappy and has rejected the message of Christ. So what was it the disciples need to learn with this question? What was it that God was going to teach them? Here's the point. Spiritual truth is not received by the natural mind. You see, all of us are sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And as a result of sin and its effects on our body, we're one day going to die. Its effect on our soul, our emotion, our intellect, and our will is that our thoughts and our thinking patterns the way we approach things the attitudes that we have are not attitudes that are pleasing to God they're sinful many of the opinions that we have arrived at uh, we we do not even understand how wrong we are in them because sin has so worked in our members that it has affected and infected every area of our lives. And the natural mind, that is the mind of the natural man, the man who does not know God as his Savior. He does not have the benefit of the Spirit of God dwelling in him. The Bible says, if you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number two, that that mind cannot receive the things of God. You might say, well, pastor, what, help, what hope is there for us if we can't receive the things of God? Well, we need help to receive the things of God. And so Paul enumerates this for us in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world. He's writing to Christians. He's writing to those who put their faith in Christ. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. The Spirit of God lives within us that we might freely know the things, uh, or that we might know, rather, the things that are freely given to us of God. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples? It is given unto you. Well, the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And the Holy Spirit reveals to us the things that God has given to us. Look at verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. Not according to the natural mind. Not according to the musings of unregenerate men and their philosophies and their thinking. No, no. But which the Holy Ghost teacheth. You see, when we become a believer, the Holy Ghost comes to dwell within us, and the Holy Ghost, who is the comforter, is the one Jesus said in John 15, 16, and 17, will teach us all things. So who reveals to us the Word of God? Who gives us understanding of the Word, the revelation of Jesus Christ? It is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. There are people who believe the Bible is a book of foolishness. They reject it outright. They invent and conjure up explanations and and realities that are not real at all. Because they have rejected God in God's word. They are foolishness unto him, the natural man. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So why is it, Lord, that you're speaking to them in parables? Because they don't believe. Because they are not listening to the truth that I have given them. And if they're going to receive it, then the Holy Spirit is going to have to reveal it to them. There may be times when we are like the disciples and we say, oh, why isn't the Bible laid out differently? Why isn't it seemingly uh, more simple for us to understand? And may, why, why didn't God make a video? Or give us some tweets, 140 characters, to give us a simple plan of salvation. You see, that's the way the natural mind thinks. If we could just package this, and that, 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 that is a danger, uh, that is a danger of, 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 of that has crept into uh, churches and the pulpits of our day, that, that we could somehow make Jesus more marketable, that, that we could make him more attractive, that, that we could produce a film or, or, or a cute little snippets that, that will explain this thing and make it so much easier for people. When well, they failed to see the point, that God has revealed himself to us in and through his word. A holy God has revealed himself, a wise, benevolent God who knows far more beyond what any of us know, has revealed himself to us in a book through his word. And those who have an appetite and a desire for him who will follow the light that he has given them he will reveal himself more fully too. And those who are disinterested and could care less and reject his truth will continue to walk in darkness. So we see the request that the disciples made. Secondly, we see the revelation given to the disciples the revelation given to the disciples. Look in verse number 11. He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. I speak to them in parables because it's not given to them. Well, that doesn't sound like uh, the thinking of someone who's trying to build a kingdom, does it? And maybe that was the disciples' dilemma. They couldn't understand that. You see, the disciples had a privilege. Their privilege was receiving and understanding the revelation of the things that had been mysteries. Because it is given unto you, he said, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Mysteries refer to things that were previously hidden or unknown. The mysteries that are revealed in the New Testament were mysteries that were hidden in the Old Testament. We see that in Matthew 13. Because God reveals his plan for the church. He reveals his plan for the nation of Israel and how that his kingdom work is to be done. This was a new concept to the Old Testament Christian or believer. So God gives them a revelation. Now, we notice two things about this revelation. Number one, God conceals truth from those who reject truth. God conceals truth from those who reject truth. For whosoever, verse 12, hath, to him it shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, meaning the person who has rejected truth, whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, they see physically, but they see not. They see me work miracles, but they don't comprehend who I am. And hearing, hearing my teaching, they hear not. They don't grasp it. Neither do they understand. Verse 14. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross. They're dull, insensitive. And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. They have made a choice. To close their eyes they have made a choice to stop their ears and why did they make that choice lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart notice this please and should be converted and i should heal them I'll tell you why they closed their eyes and stopped their ears because they didn't want to hear the message of Jesus. They did not want to acknowledge that they were sinners. They did not want to turn to him. And we live in a world with the same problem. And Paul describes that world to us in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 18. He said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness because that which may be uh, known of God is manifest." In, them. in other words, God says I have revealed something to all of humanity and it is in them. For God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things, verse 20, of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. God said I have revealed myself to all of humanity. And there are two witnesses that testify of me. There is one within, manifest in them, verse 19. And there is one without. That is the creation. What is within? That's the conscience. God gave us a conscience. And through that conscience, we have a a reality, a a knowledge of what is right and what is wrong. We have an understanding that if we do wrong, we're we're gonna be judged for that. God has programmed us and created us that way, we know that we answer to a higher power because of the witness of our conscience and the witness of creation as we look at the universe, as we look at this earth and its beauty and, and its majesty, as we see the animals and human life and the complex systems of human life and animal life. As we see the complex systems of of this universe What do we have to acknowledge? We have to acknowledge, if we're honest with ourselves, that there is a creator, a designer, who made all of this. And he says, every man has this witness. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they had light, they had truth, they knew God, but yet they willfully chose Verse 21, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Notice this, please. And their foolish heart was darkened. You see, when you reject the truth that God reveals so clearly, what you receive is darkness. How can you explain any other way what's happening in our nation that has rejected truth? This is, we we reject God. We reject his word. Now now the simplest elements of, of life and social life and the home and interaction and gender identity is all one big confusing mess. And the people who are propagating this perversion in their own hearts don't even believe it. They've rejected God. They've rejected his truth. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And that's why God has given them up to uncleanness. That's why God has given them up to vile affections. And that's why God has given them over to a reprobate mind. He's revealed himself to them, but they've refused to believe him. So God conceals his truth from those who reject him. But there's another component of this, and that is very important for us to recognize, is that God reveals his truth to those who receive him. God reveals his truth to those who receive him. Why is it that you and I can look at what's happening in our world and very clearly diagnose the problem? Because the Lord has given us truth. He's given us light. Thanks be to God for that. Verse 12, let's look at that again. For whosoever hath, hath what? Hath belief, hath faith, h- hath h- h- has understood and received and obeyed the truth given to him. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. I'm troubled about the day in which we live and the situation in which we live But I'm not confused about it. I have more and more light. And the more I go with God and the more uh, faith I exercise in him and the more I study his word, the more I understand what he's doing today. And by the way, Jesus said when you see these things come to pass, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. It just means my coming is closer. You see, God reveals his truth to those who receive it. Look at verse 16. Matthew chapter number 13, verse 16, but blessed are your ears for they see. Aren't you glad for that? Blessed are your eyes rather for they see, your ears for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. I want you to go with me to Proverbs chapter two. He's saying to the disciples, I've revealed this to you, it's been given to you, and you're blessed because of it. If you receive my truth, I'll give you more of it. Well, what does that mean for us this morning? Do you know the Lord is your Savior? Have you received that truth? Then walk in that truth. Our lives ought to be different because of that truth. The way we live, the choices we make, we need to obey God. Many people say, well, you know, I just have such a hard time understanding what God is saying in his word. Well, we have to understand this, that the Bible is a book that is revealed to us by the work of the Holy Spirit, and if we want to understand more and more of it, we we find a principle given to us in Proverbs 2. Would you look at it in verse 1? My son, if thou wilt receive my words, will you receive his word today? Do you want to hear from God? Do you hunger and thirst after righteousness? Are you willing to say, God, speak to me and I will obey? He said, if thou receive my words and hide my commandments with thee so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding. In other words, if you're praying, if you're asking me to speak to you, that's what God's saying. If thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding. When you come to this book, do you ask God to speak to you? Or are you just trying to get through the day? I got 10 minutes. Get my devotions in. Let me get it done. Right? Ask God to speak to you. You say, there's there's parts of the Bible I don't understand. Well, join the club. That's what we're on. We're on a journey to learn the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. And we need the help of the Holy Spirit to speak to us and give us understanding about what he says in his book. And if we really want it, we're going to say, Lord, speak to me. Look at verse 4. If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Look, if you knew there was gold underneath your kitchen floor, would you dig it up? But the sad truth is we won't even open our Bibles. We won't even open them. The next time many people in this room will open their Bible is next week when I say, would you take your Bible? He said, if thou seekest her as silver, if you value the word of God, you'll seek it. If you'll search for her as for hid treasures, look at verse 5. Then, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walketh uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. God said, if you'll receive my truth and walk in my truth and hunger for my truth, I'll give you more abundance. Well, let me ask you to take inventory this morning. Are you walking in an abundance of truth? Are you overjoyed by what you're reading in the pages of God's Word? Are you coming to know God in a greater way? If not, then you need to understand how revelation works. We need God, we need his word, and we need to receive the truth he's given us. Don't worry about everything you can't understand. Obey the things you can't understand. And keep reading and keep searching, and God will speak to you. Well, then lastly, we're closing here. We see the responsibility assigned to the disciples. This parable that we open with in Matthew 13 is the parable of the sower. And the implication is is that the disciples are the ones who are to be out in the field sowing the seed. All who receive Christ, all who believe upon him uh, are, are recipients of this responsibility to go out into the field and sow the seed. Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. Before I read this verse, I want again to remind you what he said to the disciples, it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I've given this to you. Now let me read Luke 12, 48. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. I've received a lot. I have a lot. When I was a boy, I... Heard a message of salvation. I was confronted with my sin. The person of the Lord Jesus Christ was revealed to me that he was the son of God who died for me, who rose again the third day. I understood what my destiny was without Christ. It was an eternity in hell. I didn't want to go to hell. I knew that God loved me. I know that he died to save me. I knew that as a boy and I stepped forward in a, in a church service, in a meeting, and I came forward and somebody met me there and prayed with me and took the Bible and made sure I understood to the best of their abilities, tried to help me understand. I did understand because the Holy Spirit had revealed himself to me and I got saved as a little boy that day. I've benefited from that all my life. I have the word of God. My children have grown up in a home where the Bible is preached and taught. They are the children of two parents who know the Lord. They understand the ways of righteousness. They've been in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church all of their life. I want to say this to you. To whom much is given, much will be required. Because we're living in a world that is filled with confusion and loss. And they're walking in darkness and deception. But we have the light. We have the answer. We have the medication that will cure the sin-sick soul. And we have a responsibility to give it to them. In Luke 19, the parable of the unjust steward who received this Money and he refused to invest it, and he kept it in a napkin while others invested theirs. And when the the, the householder came home, he said, "Show me what you've done with it." He said, "I just hid it away. I just kept it hidden. I didn't want to. I didn't want to risk a loss. I just tried to keep quiet, mind my own business." And the Lord reproved that unjust steward. You can read about it in Luke chapter nineteen, verses eleven to twenty-seven. You see, God has given us an opportunity and a responsibility to serve him. That's what this church is here to do. We are here to sow the seed. We are here to make Christ known. And we can't be discouraged when everyone doesn't believe because the Lord's already told us they're not going to. But we just have to keep working and we have to keep laboring. And we can't get confused about how God reveals himself to mankind. He doesn't do it through human means or according to the natural mind. He does it through the power of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. And so he says to us, It is given unto you to know. Aren't you glad for that? The mysteries of God. Now go and make these mysteries known to a lost and dying world. So what do I do with this truth? Well, number one,'ve read I've got to receive it. I've got to receive it. Maybe you're here this morning, and you don't know the Lord Jesus is your savior. And today you've heard that God loves you, and He sent His Son to die for you. He made the payment not for his own sin. He had no sin. He made the payment for your sin on the cross. He was buried, and on the third day, he arose again, and he offers eternal life to all who will believe. And perhaps today you recognize that you're a sinner and you need a Savior. Will you receive him? Will you respond to his word in obedience by believing? And then, as a Christian, you know, as Christians, sometimes we, we, we try to say, well, you know, I've received Christ as Savior, but when it comes to this area of my life or it comes to that area of life, I know I'm wrong, I get it, but this is the way I feel like I need to do it. You see, there's a great danger. When we reject the light that God gives us, we start to walk in darkness, and we lose discernment, and we lose blessing and we lose effectiveness. So respond to God's word. Sow the seed of the gospel and teach people to follow Jesus. I'll close with this in 2 Timothy chapter two. Paul said, thou therefore my son. He's writing to Timothy. He said, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You see, Timothy came to know Christ through the ministry of Paul. He was also called to serve Christ through Paul's ministry. He was trained by Paul, taught by Paul. He became a pastor. And Paul said to Timothy, you find other Timothys and do for them what I've done for you. And Timothy did that. You say, how do you know he did that? Look around. How did we get here? There were people who were willing to teach others also. And may God help us. There are people in your neighborhood who need to hear the truth. They know know the world's messed up and confused. They just need somebody to declare the answer. There are people who are... Say, uh, unsaved and bound in sin, and and they need hope and they need help, and you have the answers, so give it to them. Sow the seed. To whom much is given, much will be required. What has God done for us? So much, hasn't He? He's given us a wonderful church. I look around and I, I see the people here. I see your faces. And I think of you, and I think of your life and your home. I'm so glad that God's allowed us to be together. A church is a family. It's the family of God. And we love one another. I'm so grateful for that. But there are more people in our community who need to hear this message, and it's our responsibility to take it to them. It is given unto you. Thank you for listening.